On this episode of ASAP, marketing on the whole is getting a person to do a thing, just period. Mm -hmm. So what does it take to get someone to do the thing? Where do you touch them in the right way at the right time to get them to do the thing we want them to do? Regardless of where you live and what you do, if you have mm -hmm. a kid, you are probably looking at diapers. Well, now those might be cloth diapers, those uh -huh. might be organic, they might be whatever, but you need something to collect that poo. <laughs> <laughs> and there's all well kinds said. of products and services that help you collect that poo. So uh -huh. making sure that I'm communicating to those people that need to collect poo, that's what I do. Yeah. I like it. It's ASAP, a Strategic America podcast. And this is the theme song. And we don't have much time, just need it ASAP. Okay, thanks, bye. Well, welcome back again, everybody, to another episode of ASAP, a Strategic America podcast. We're hanging out with you again today, and you are listening to Joe Emmons again. I am so sorry you've had my voice so often recently, so I hope that's working out all right for you. Uh, and I'm back again with a co-host that you may have heard me with on Dave Miglin's podcast. Anna, welcome back. Hello. I also have been in their ears a lot lately, so I'm sorry and you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that covers the gamut, I guess. You know, if you're loving it, you're welcome. If you're not, somebody else will be along in a few weeks. So. I right. feel like that should be your autobiography. I love it. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> and you're welcome. I like that. I want to keep that. that. A tale of joy. And that other third voice you're hearing come in there is Caleb Bailey. Now, Caleb, forgive me. Now, your title, are you a media buyer with SA? That's a wonderful question that we might get into a little bit later. But I think right now, in this particular moment, my title is digital strategist slash media buyer. Okay. Um, so I said that and I could actually feel my supervisor cringe a little bit. She doesn't <laughs> like that title very much. <laughs> so sorry. So, um, yeah. Sorry, Gary. Um, anyway, so yeah, we'll, we'll say it's that for now. Sure. That might change. That might stay the same. And next week, who knows? That, that makes sense. Well, and knowing what you work on here, I mean, I think that yeah. kind of, but it kind of fits. But I mean, I, I feel your pain a little bit with the ambiguity. Sometimes I think, so my, my title here now, I believe, is the Associate Multimedia Production manager and it's kind of a little cringy a too it's, it is a mouthful like and it's, it. uh, you know we do a lot of different things and it's like what does that mean but you know we we do stuff i work on multimedia you work on media placement and digital strategy and anna works on a variety of things here at sa as well and yet so. my title only says pr assistant account coordinator <laughs> or no not assistant i'm not an assistant pr account coordinator yeah Right. See, that's that's another like and the assistant. I'm sure there was a was there assistant in there at one point. I don't think so. Don't think so. I think oh, I've nice. always okay. been. I went from intern straight to account coordinator. Nice. Oh, nice. So just I, they I threw you threw you right into the fire. I guess. <laughs> I mean, picked up some other titles along the way sure. that are unofficial. Proofreader, queen of the world. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, that's a good title. I mean, if I had to pick a title, I'd probably stick with proofreader. But queen of the world's good too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> You as know. long as it's spelled right. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> True. Oh, boy, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into it a little bit here. We, uh, we're we talking somewhat about media today. Um, we're talking tactics. We're talking traditional, non-traditional, digital, all kinds of things. Um, but maybe one thing to cue up why we're talking media um, is just looking at the whole concept of the customer journey and what some people see as like that marketing funnel of how people get from understanding and being aware of your brand to coming in and understanding more about what you're doing and moving further and further through until you get that conversion or that purchase or whatever you're trying to get people to do. Um, Caleb, that's a big factor, I'm assuming, when you're determining strategies and figuring out how to place media and do the things that you do. Is that right? Absolutely. Um, I'll, uh, so um, I do a lot of work with students and um, what I like to do is little boil down phrases. So one of them is marketing on the whole is getting a person to do a thing. Just 
period. Mm -hmm. And however it takes to get them to do that thing, whether it's coercion, I mean, we're marketing, so it's usually just like an incentive in some way, shape or form, but that's marketing. You're getting, you want someone to do something and you can do that by communicating with them in a whole bunch of different ways because that's how humans interact (laughs) minus the coercion. (laughs) Maybe don't think about the coercion part too much, (laughs) but I mean, that's marketing communication is I need someone to do something. How do they know they need to do something? How do I convince them to do something? How do I convince them to do it here versus there? All that fun stuff that goes into placement. So that's probably, I think, one of the reasons that both my both my supervisor and I struggle with titles is like, I mean, digital strategy seems really specific. Right. Media buyer is also really specific. Right. And at the end of the day, it I mean, it doesn't matter. Like I can interact with you online. I can interact with you out in the real world. I can right. interact with you all kinds of different ways as just as a media buyer slash digital strategist slash whatever. Yeah. So for us, that's really, I mean, that's kind of the question is, how do we make sure that we're touching someone at all the points? And, mm-hmm. you know, Joe, I, I love what you talked about, the customer journey there. Like, there's all these different ways mm-hmm. we can move someone down to do the thing. So what does it take to get someone to do the thing? Mm-hmm. Where do you touch them in the right way at the right time to get them to do the thing we want them to do? And then, of course, messaging, which I can't touch on mess- messaging because that's a creative endeavor and those folks are far smarter than I am. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, you make a good point, though. I mean, with with you can have the best message in the world. And I've talked to a few people around here about that, but if you don't have in the right place for the right person to hear it, um, it's not going to matter. And if you have a message that's not crafted for a person at that point that they're in, in the journey and in that context of it, it's not going to land in the same way. You know, Anna and I talked to Dave a few weeks ago, um, about kind of the customer journey idea in political advertising and looking at people that were looking at candidates and like, you know, is that person even aware of the candidate or is that person unsure of the candidate? Do they, are they on the fence about something? You know, the way you're going to message to those people um, is going to be different, you know, per person, per region, per whatever the context is for the situation. Um, I'm curious on like a day-to-day strategy basis and, and placement basis, what, what your day looks like. You don't have to go too far down into the sure, details, sure. but I'm curious what that looks like. Cause I'm sure that you do way more um, than your title would allude to in just <laughs> planning things. Because I know that like our, our media mixes that we have at SA um, are incredibly customizable and robust and and really crafted for each of the clients we serve. So I'm curious to know kind of what behind the veil looks like there. Before we go behind the veil, can we see how he got behind the veil? Can we hear your journey to get to SA? Just for some background. Yeah, we'll back it up. How did you get into this? No, so that's uh, I, 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 if you want, I can actually segue that into the day to day stuff. If that if that works for you guys, oh yeah, beautiful. And, and if right. if uh, whoever edits this, that's me, um, <laughs> remembers to to cut this out, then we'll just make it feel like we never even did that. Yeah. Awesome. And if I don't, then everybody listening will just get that added level of entertainment. So yeah, we'll I mean, see how it plays out. Actually, no, I actually maybe. read a I read a thing. Of, oh, I'm sorry. No, you go. You go. Sorry. <laughs> I actually read a thing about hearing some of the background production details lets you empathize more with the audience because they feel like real people versus uh-huh. someone that's just preaching to you so interesting that must be why joe left in my blunder on the emily price episode that's gotta be it right <laughs> oh. i just started off at the beginning and tried to say a sentence and just like nope, that wasn't a sentence that was one more me. time here let's back it up oh. we're i'm all real empathetic people here. we are yes. real people here so how'd you get here caleb so that's an a story I find amusing, uh, mostly because it's just, it's honestly, it's the dumbest thing and the dumbest <laughs> things are usually the funnest. Um, so um, when in high school, um, I did a lot of theater production and um, both 
on stage and off stage. I just like the idea of telling stories, right? It's, it's fun. Um, and what, um, I thought like, oh, well, I mean, what's the most fun is obviously making movies because, mm-hmm. you know, every 16 year old, a camera thinks they're going to be the next Spielberg. <laughs> and so that's what I did. Like, well, obviously that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to make movies cause that's very easy and everyone can do that. Um, and bear in mind, this is like just the start of the digital age. I mean, we're talking like early thousands in which like the idea of being able to record something digitally was new, very new and exciting. So, I mean, it was still a cassette tape that was converted digital. But anyways, that's not the important part. The important Details. part is that um, um, I got into that. And so I actually, through my high school, had an internship at uh, Best Buy downtown. I'm from Minneapolis originally. They're headquartered downtown. They had, at the time, an internal production team. I don't know if they still do. A lot mm-hmm. of changes have happened since then, weirdly. Um, and um, I went there and I worked as a production assistant for... As a, on off over the course of a few months and um, for all the PAs out there I'm with you guys and I'm so sorry because that told me holy crap I don't want to be a production assistant <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> so I respect what you guys do you are insane and you are the patience of saints so uh-huh. major they w- props <laughs> they work hard man <laughs> they really do they really do and that was like well I can't do that so what's that mean for me and of course at this stage I'm um, already applied to colleges have a number that I've got accepted to I need to figure out well what am I going to do now and um, so since I wasn't going the production assistant route um, I was deciding on, okay, I'm going to work at, I'm going to go and attend Drake university, love the campus. It's close enough to home, but far enough away, it's got that nice mix. And, um, it's like, okay, but I'm in the school of journalism cause that's where production lives and I don't want to do broadcast production. So mm-hmm. what am I doing? And, um, I, this is an actual true story. It's in my basement, sitting on the couch, my basement, my parents' basement, let's be real. Um, <laughs> I, we, I have a list of all the different uh, majors offered by the university, and I did an honest-to-God close-eyes-finger drop to figure out where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do instead, <laughs> and um, it landed on advertising. Nice. Like a, that, I mean, that that's the actual story. It landed on advertising that... I'm like ads. I can do ads, and I don't have to. Maybe I will have to be a PA. I can. I can do ads. That's right. <laughs> so I went in. Like, eh, sure, that's why. And um, as it turns out, um, whoa, lucky finger drop because um, I actually love advertising. Yeah. I love marketing. I love all that side of it. Figuring this whole customer journey thing. Um, you know, you hear the anecdote about um, that uh, family where. Um, they knew like target knew that oh. their daughter was pregnant before the family knew because of the circular she got. Um, they had that kind of data and the idea of knowing that much information to help convince people to do a thing that was actually really cool. I, mm-hmm. I just thought that was really interesting. You know, it's the same with telling stories, you tell stories to get people to feel emotions and sometimes do things. So, mm-hmm. um, for me, that was really cool. And getting into the business and kind of understanding how it works was always sort of fascinating. So, you know, doing that at school was very fun. Um, I, uh, we don't we don't have a media buying degree at um, mm-hmm. Drake by any means. It was just advertising. Right. But I did enjoy I did enjoy the media side of it. So um, when there was an internship available at Strategic America, one of the big agencies in town, um, I jumped at it because, hey, it's a foot in the door. And sure, media. I like media. I don't know anything about media, really. But hey, I like media. So yeah. let's give that a shot. And um, that was almost 10 years ago. <laughs> so awesome. we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly yeah. something stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fun story, too. Um, Caleb, I. I share a, a very interesting connection with Caleb because he and his wife and my my wife and myself were within the hospital with our first 
kids within about yep. a week of each other. Yep. And it yep. was funny, the same hospital, same wing. I think you came in on like a Thursday or something and we ran on like a Tuesday. That may be totally wrong, but it was like two days apart. Yep. And it turns out we could have passed each other in the hall and not known it. So <laughs> that's, that's what we talk about. Like, what room are you in? Like, oh yeah, I definitely walked past that room. I think my, uh-huh. my wife was making very angry faces right past that room. So <laughs> Yep. Yep. So we bonded a little bit through first time fatherhood there in that uh. context. And I do it is funny to think of it from a media perspective because I remember seeing all that stuff change over with the stuff we got in the mail too when my wife um, oh my was found out she was pregnant we started doing the searches and planning for things and, and it, I really don't know that it took that long for stuff to start mm-hmm. populating in our in our digital feeds and in our mailbox and in all those places that we get those interesting pieces that kind of make up that marketing that we see that people like yourself plan for us. Absolutely. And that's, it's funny you say that because that is the thing. That's one of those big key life events, like looking for a car, Mm -hmm. having a big family change, getting married. Mm -hmm. Those are all things that just, Mm -hmm. I mean, that sets off so many bells because I mean, yeah, everyone's unique and everyone does their own things and different areas have different things, but oh boy, when, I mean, regardless of where you live and what you do, if you have Mm -hmm. a kid, you are probably looking at diapers, but now those might be cloth diapers, those Uh might be organic, they might be whatever, but you need something to collect that poo. (laughs) (laughs) And there's all kinds of products and services that help you collect that poo. So Uh making sure that I'm communicating to those people that need to collect poo, that's what I do. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Um, if somebody could find the people advertising engagement rings to me and tell them to stop, that'd be great. Because oh, I get like five or six a day and I am, that's not happening right now. So. so Okay. So I kind of find that funny too, because I think about like, okay, on the one hand, like, why are you getting the engagement rings ad when someone else should, in theory, be buying the engagement ring for that's you? True. Unless they think point. you should be buying the engagement ring. Which, I don't know. I'm an empowered I mean, woman. We'll see. Heck, I mean, that's true. Or, you know, it could be like, oh, well, research this and then give that to your sending family and be like, hi, you should buy me this ring. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. That too. You don't happen to share like an internet connection with a roommate or anything like that, nope. do you? Nope. Just okay. me. There could also be someone hooking onto your internet, so you're getting their search history oh, stuff. Oh, so your neighbors aren't getting engaged. That's exciting. I don't know their names, but, you know, figure that out later. Yeah, that's not important. That's right. awesome. So when huh. we're looking at that kind of stuff, Caleb, and we kind of went down that path a little bit there, but knowing your background and kind of coming from the PA side is interesting to me, too, because a lot of the production I do, I had no idea that that was your background there. But it's it's kind of cool that you have that background, too, to see how these things get generated to an extent, at least on the broadcast side of things. But um, when you're laying out the stuff you do day to day now and um, finding strategies to get these different pieces into market, whether that's direct mail or you're doing um, programmatic banner ad placement online or if you're doing connected TV placement for um, what would have maybe before been broadcast commercials Mm -hmm. um, and now is more the digital buys that go into that kind of stuff. Um, Can you just talk about kind of what your day looks like for that kind of stuff? If you, if you, if it's easier to pick a specific example and say, you know, if I had this assignment, this is how I go about it. Um, Or if you just want to generally talk about what you're up to. Sure. Well, um, so I can speak generally and then I'll talk about specific examples, mm-hmm. I guess, if that works with you guys. Sure. Um, so honestly, 90% of my job is really communication. Mm-hmm. And that's because people have different information. I need to take that information, collect it someplace and communicate it to someone else. So that's, I mean, we're in marketing. That's what we do. We communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really a lot of what we do is, I hate to say riding herd, but we work with a lot of vendors. I mean, especially as a media buyer, working with vendors, what that means is, hey, I need to figure out, we're trying to reach this person with this kind of message. Messaging. Mm-hmm. What messaging works best? Well, I mean, with experience and knowledge, and we know we've got all kinds of different things that could work for that. But to figure out like, okay, sure, we pick the media, but 
the media we pick is based on how much budget you have to work with. Mm -hmm. And so that means that I need to reach out to TV station. I need to reach out to this radio station. I need to check into, ooh, this publication might be a fit for that audience, but I'm not sure they... I'm not sure if it's going to be that one or this other publication or possibly even both. Oh, but that guy, yeah, they've they've been shutting down lately, so they might not even have that division. Mm. So I need to make four or five different phone calls to different people to figure out, okay, one, what are your rates for this? Mm. What do those rates look like? What it, changes do you anticipate within the next two months? Because we're not placing this stuff for quite some time. Right. So on a day-to-day basis, what that looks like for an individual job is looking at like, okay, who are we trying to reach? That's who we're trying to reach and what do we want them to do. And we really start with how do we know that they're doing that thing that we want? Then we work back from there. Mm. So for you know, for me, like in the online, you know, the digital space has been fantastic because we can track all of everything very easily. Mm. It's a lot used to be a lot harder because we'd have to do studies and all kinds of right. backtracking. But so that's really working back from, okay, I want someone to go to this store this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm going to go to the store this weekend. Um, so how do we know they've gone to the store? Well, we can ask store clerk to keep a little clicker to see if they had increased traffic over that time frame. Mm-hmm. But man, you know, they got a lot of the things to do. So, hey, we can actually look in the online space and um, you can actually do tracking where you put a fence around a location and figure out like, oh, hey, how many mobile phones went to that location? And is that higher than it was a week ago? So, OK, well, if we're going to be putting this tracker on there and tracking mobile phones, like, well, we might as well be sending people messages on their phone to get them because, hey, if we're tracking their mobile phone, that means they've got their phone on them when they walk into that location. But, oh, shoot, you know what? If we want to get them to a location, I mean, there's a sign right across the street. And I mean, how else are we going to get them a location? Put a sign up. So mm-hmm. that's where you look at an outdoor billboard. Mm-hmm. And then like, OK, well, but that billboard is just in that location. So to get there, they have to drive. And if they're going to be driving, well, shoot, I can reach them via radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh, man, they're they're in their early 20s. They're not listening to radio. They're listening to a podcast. So ah, podcast. Oh, no, I can go to a network of podcasts and I can put an ad on there and I can target that person who's in this location. So you can see how we sort of peel back the onion of all mm-hmm. these different ways that we can get someone across the day. I mean, there's more media now available than ever. And it's the coolest thing in the world because like, ah, man, I I have some friends, bless their hearts, who like advertising doesn't work on me. Well, it's not that it doesn't work on you because you see messages all the time. It's that that message wasn't right for you at that time. But Uh trust me, there's stuff you're listening to. It's going to affect you in some way, shape or form, even if you hate it. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot, too. We talked about that in our episode that we did on podcasting and and podcast advertising. Um, And sometimes, I mean, I hear stuff in podcasts specifically, but in other places, too, where I've heard the same bit of advertising dozens of times and it wasn't relevant to me at that time i wasn't in the market for whatever they were talking about at that time and then um there i was thinking of a specific instance with a uh like a subscription service for i think like frozen high quality meats that they sent out and it was like around father's day we were going to be grilling and i happened to catch the ad and i was like that's a really good deal and i'd heard it a dozen times before but it was like they caught me at the right time and i made Mm -hmm. that choice and I mean, that's that's the challenge. And I think that's when you're looking at creating a marketing mix, I assume that that's a big part about what the team here looks at is like, how do we get into as many of those moments as we can um, and create messaging from maybe the creative side that fits those moments that we're putting them in? Um, It's like a contextual advertising piece there as well. So I think that's an incredible challenge that's extended to you guys. I'm very impressed with the uh, amount of work and research and just kind of hustle that goes into finding those opportunities. Yeah, somebody just asked me, I think yesterday, how many Quip electric toothbrush ads that I listened to before I purchased one. And I was like, I bet 30, because I listened to so many different podcasts and they advertise on 
almost all the podcasts oh, I, yeah. I listen to. So yeah, we've talked about that on that, um, how podcast advertising is more, more effective right now. Cause it, we, what's the word we thought maybe it's because it seems like friends are talking and they're like, Oh, I love this mm-hmm. thing that's paying me to say that I love this thing. Yeah. But I mean, they work on me. I have so much stuff from podcast advertising. It, it is a different experience. I feel like when you have, you develop a kind of relationship with somebody that you spend so much time with them in your ear and you feel different about hearing it from them than just hearing a generic ad. I did listen to a podcast the other day, not to go down the rabbit hole of podcast advertising too far. all day. But I, I mean, it's, it's blowing up. That's one of the things I was going to talk to you about too, is if there's any emerging areas of media that you're keeping an eye on for, um, you know, future opportunities and innovation and advertising and those things. And we can maybe go down that line sure. later. But um, it was interesting to me to hear an ad come on. I hadn't heard any that were like mm-hmm. full blown, like this is an ad, like you would expect to hear in radio breaks, right? Yep. Where it's yep. not the host. It's got a music bed under it. It's designed just like a standard radio ad would be. And it is weird how jarring that is in the platform um, for that to come at you. So it's, you know, in theory, it's audio. It's the same kind kind of platform that but you don't treat it the same because it's not you're not consuming it the same way as you did before um i'm curious you know you mentioned something around um i I think it was with broadcaster or a couple other platforms of testing like doing the research like digital you said is really nice because you can see a lot of those metrics yes you can see what's happening you can track a lot of things um i'm curious you know, we probably don't always get the opportunity to do it. I'm sure that's a budget thing too, a lot of times and a timing <laughs> thing sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you talk a little bit about like testing, like maybe an opportunity to go in um, and, and AB test something or ABC against a couple different pieces of advertising on a platform, see how it works yeah. or just the importance of testing in general? No, that absolutely. And that's something that's um, kind of been fascinating to watch is um, how the industry has grown and obviously what clients demands are, um, because we've had I mean, we have clients for who for years were just very happy, like, hey, Steve's got his face up on that billboard. Steve loves being up on that billboard. He knows the billboard works because he can see his face up on there. <laughs> and for Steve, for honestly, decades, that might be enough. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like Judy, like, oh, Judy knows that she gets her mention on the radio in the morning and that's all she needs. That happens. Her sales are up. Mm -hmm. Her sales are up. She hears the mention. That's it. And now that we have with all this digital stuff, it kind of opened the floodgates and we had people looking at, well, wait, we can actually track this. I can actually see how many people clicked on my ad. I can see how many people went to my website and I can see that they did that after they saw my banner ad. Well, why can't you do that with radio? Well, it's complicated. There's all kinds of challenges there. Like, well, you need to do that with radio because if you can't prove to me that someone who heard my radio spot went to my website by clicking on that ad, then I don't want to do radio. So that's a kind of challenge we have to work with all the Mm -hmm. time is how do we handle attribution Um, for the uh, super dorks at home? um, (laughs) That is the last click attribution fallacy where um, you attribute all of the effort that we did to get someone to do a thing to the very last thing they did. So it's kind of like saying that um, really the most valuable thing that a store has is the door because that's how people get in. So the store (laughs) needs more doors, right? Because like, I mean, yeah, advertising sales through the roof, right? Yeah. Yeah. More doors. That's how people get into the store. So boom, bulletproof, put in more doors. Um, Don't, don't do that. Please don't put in too many doors. That's, that's a bad idea. <laughs> their expenses are maintained and their points of entry. Um, but so that's when we look at tracking and we look at um, digital media. It was wonderful because it made everyone stop and pay attention to all the different 
ways we could be tracking things. And there became, in general, there was a lot more interest in tracking that. So Mm -hmm. data became available just, I mean, there's a lot of garbage out there, but there's a lot of insights that we can glean based on the sheer volume of data that's available in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. I mean, every time you do anything in the online space, you're giving someone information. Mm -hmm. Every time you make a purchase, every time you go places, you are, that information's being shared and collected, which... I mean, on the one hand, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's creepy. Um, on the other hand is, yeah, right. <laughs> it is very creepy on a one-to-one basis mm-hmm. from a mass group perspective. Um, 99% of the time, um, they're stripped of identifiers. So it's just a number. And you are one of right. 8 million people that logged on to Amazon. 8 million, <laughs> 8 billion people that logged on to Amazon that day. <laughs> so that's, I mean, you know, sorry, how important are you? But right. again, um, very, very. <laughs> oh, my. I, I'm sorry. I forgot I was talking to the queen of everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Oh, oh man. Callbacks. I am so excited for your book now. <laughs> oh, let's not get into it. My mom does say I should write a memoir, but she's also my mother. So I appreciate her, but she might be bolstering my confidence too much. We'll come back to it someday. She sounds lovely. She though. is. She's she... probably not going to listen to this, but <laughs> will she, she be featured in the memoir? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Excellent. For sure. Excellent. Well, Um, Caleb, before we jump to the break, um, when you're looking at at stuff like maybe radio or you're looking at even broadcast TV to an extent where you have that that issue of being able to attribute why somebody did something and you can't see a direct line from the audio coming out of the speakers or the earbuds or whatever to the purchase decision or whatever you're trying to get people to do. Um, like how, how do you guys solve that problem? Is that testing? Is that, um, trying to find some way to attribute it, whether you have some kind of a, some way to link it with like coupon codes or anything like that, that draws a straighter line. Like how do you guys tackle that? Cause I'm sure that is a common problem to your point. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, that's a really good question because it depends on a whole bunch of factors, including budget, um, time, mm-hmm. and really what we're trying to get someone to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're trying to get someone to go to an event and we ran, I mean, we can look at simple things like, oh, hey, did the event attendance go up? Because mm-hmm. we know, okay, well, we ran all these different types of media and that got people to show up to the event. So woohoo, success. Mm-hmm. And honestly, 20 years ago, that probably would have worked. And there's a few select things where that might work today. Mm-hmm. It gets a little bit trickier then when you want to like, okay, but like which one worked better than the mm-hmm. other ones? That gets trickier. So for us, that's what we look at. I mean, there's there's more old school things like you can do surveys. Um, you can do, they do have some call tracking through a radio where say, hey, I want someone to go buy, well, not movie tickets, but say buy tickets to a concert. And there's some radio stations now where you have a... Uh, they have a special number. They read off that number online so, or on air. Someone hears the spot. They, oh, hey, I want those tickets. They punch in this number. They say the keyword that was included in the ad. And then, oh, hey, we know that lead came in from radio mm-hmm. or someone with direct mail. We can look at, hey, someone got a direct mail piece. Sure, they didn't. They can't click on the link because it's a direct mail piece. They can't click on anything. But if that household that we sent this direct mail piece to then went out and they bought some windows, oh, hey, we know that this piece of media worked. So then what we need to look at in the marketplace usually is, okay, what other factors? So we have those direct touches, those mm-hmm. like immediate line to line. That's easy. Mm-hmm. The harder stuff is looking at, okay, what other media affected a person? Because we have the, um, the there's a lot of self-reported data. So you have, you know, some wonderful data segments like Experian where people talk about their media preferences, mm-hmm. which is self-reporting. And that tells, that tells us what media is important to you. Mm-hmm. From a actual use standpoint, that gets a little bit trickier. There's all kinds of data sources that talk about that, but those data sources cost money. So that's really what we need to balance is how much insight does the client want or need to mm-hmm. make a decision on what we should run or shouldn't run? And how much insight are they 
willing to pay for in a way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we struggle with all the time because we have clients that don't have a ton of money. And so we have to use both our experience in other marketplaces, the data we have available, as well as our understanding and their understanding of their marketplace. I mean, if they have people coming and talking about that, Steve's got people talking about that billboard out front. You know what? To Steve, that's a direct line because they said, hey, Steve, I sell your billboard and I am in your store buying your thing. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. That works for Steve. And that's so what we've been seeing is rather than it just being a challenge with targeting, it's mm -hmm. also an opportunity because in addition to people telling Steve how much they love his billboard, they're also logging into their mobile device and letting him know via that way that, oh, yeah, they also came to the store because they saw the online ad. They heard mm -hmm. the podcast. They did all these things in addition to seeing his billboard. Mm -hmm. So Steve has more information and there's more opportunities to get people to come in mm -hmm. to Steve's store. And that's the part that gets really exciting for us is that it's we've been trying to frame it as additive because it is. There's just so many more ways to influence people and so many more ways to track how you're influencing people. Mm -hmm. And that's something that when a client comes to us and they want to know how their stuff is tracked, that's cool for us because that shows us they're thinking about it the right way. Mm -hmm. Is that, yeah, you want to know what's effective because you don't have infinite money. Nobody does. Right. Well, and if you know that something is more effective than the other, then you can adjust that spend too mm -hmm. and see what happens yeah. and watch, watch those numbers and see what's going on. It's interesting too. I mean, there's the added layer, something that I think about sometimes just because I'm intrigued by it from the creative side of brand and like how you build brand through through different pieces of content and those things. And that's something I think sometimes branding is this subjective thing that like is the way that people feel about you and the way that they perceive your mm -hmm. service product, whatever you do. Um, but that's it. It's hard to quantify that. You know, it's hard to quantify how people feel about a brand, but I think it absolutely influences what's going on with that. So, oh, my gosh. I mean, people love Coke. And why do they why do they love Coke? As from a pure product standpoint, what is it about Coke that's so much better than Pepsi right. or for Pepsi? What's so much better than Coke? I mean, that's I'm sure those people exist. Mm -hmm. um, but no, that's I mean, aside from doing a dedicated qualitative research study, which yeah. is sorry, folks, really expensive. <laughs> it's really hard to get down to why someone likes or mm -hmm. thinks or feels about a product differently. Mm -hmm. And that the brand question is huge. And that's, yeah. oh, we could be spent forever talking about that too. But. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole <laughs> other set of episodes, I think. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying it so far. You're listening to ASAP with Caleb Bailey and myself and Miss Anna Van Wertheisen. We're going to take a little bit of a break and we will be right back to talk some more about media. Are you selling a product or service? want people to do something that benefits your KPIs, then you need marketing. Marketing is a collection of activities that makes your business look appealing and invites people to learn more about what you do. And with options like billboards, digital banners, newspaper ads, or sponsored content, there's a marketing strategy made for you. Try it with an experienced agency today. Marketing never guarantees success, but it gets you farther than doing nothing at all. Please see a strategic American if you're ready to start marketing today. Okay, so we are back. Um, so we want to talk to Caleb a little bit about the not so much a divide between digital and traditional media, but maybe how those things are different and how they work together. Um, one thing, you know, we are marketing nerds here. We talk a lot about marketing, even amongst each other, and how like what ads we get, what works, what not. Um, and so I don't have cable, so I and I don't have a newspaper subscription except that I read one through work. So what is it like to try and target people who are so different between generations and what media we consume and all of that? That's an awesome question. I love that question because that's how I think about it too is like, okay, how would I reach me? Right. I mean, that's what it comes like. Oh, so Anna, how would I reach you? Cause like, yeah, you don't have cable. So if I do a cable 
and I, I, Anna's never going to see my messaging. And um, if I run with the paper, well, she might see the paper. She'll see it at work, but her mindset at work is going to be different than at home. So if I'm, you know, selling her something she'd be interested in at home for her house versus something here, like, I mean, maybe, maybe if she's, you know, not having a great day and is thinking about home stuff instead, like that might work, but that's not great. So that's something that we do have to sort through is, okay, what, how's that landscape changing for consumers? And a lot of consumers are, op- I mean, the whole Spotify model is opting out of paid messaging. They're like, I'm, I will pay you money to not have to hear ads, which like, hey, it works. Pandora is not really going that direction as much, but Pandora's also spent a lot of time making sure that the ads are a bit more of a seamless experience. So, hey, Pandora listeners, messaging. That's if you listen to Pandora ads, you'll hear that a lot. Um, so that is that is really interesting. It's finding those different ways to reach your audience. And so trying to figure out like, OK, is your audience what are they when they're going to do the thing? Are they are they doing research? Because if they're doing research, um, sorry, Bing, everybody's using Google. So that can be a way that can be something as bold as SEM. So that's search engine marketing, or that can be something as subtle as search engine optimization, where you make sure that, hey, when someone searches for this thing and it pops up. So that's I mean, that's an easy way. But again, that's an online solution. So there's other ways. I mean, everyone has to get to and from different locations. So that's where you hit your outdoor advertising. That's where things where maybe if you're not listening to radio, but someone near you is, or someone's walking someplace, they have music blaring, a restaurant, all these different places, you can actually build schedules around just being on radio stations that you know show up in a Starbucks. It's And that's because there's Starbucks runs specific things. Sometimes they run them. Sometimes they run podcasts. Sometimes they do Pandora. There are all kinds of different ways that um, you can interact with audiences in an open space, even though they aren't plugged in because there's the media. Like we said, media is everywhere. And I mean, everyone is carrying around the one of the most powerful media devices in their pockets at all times. And so even if you're not intending to like, oh, I'm not a cable subscription, so a cable wide doesn't do anything. But like, oh, shoot, I want to watch a video. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out where I'm going. I'm trying to fix something on my car. And oh, crap, I got to pull up a YouTube video. And yep, 15 second spot. Um, I'm hoping not 15 if your car is broken. Um, but though, so it's those kinds of things that um, we always find really interesting is that um, why audiences are paying to escape experiences. A lot of the ways they're paying to escape advertising experiences is in the digital media space. So that traditional play is still there. It still exists. I'd still, I mean, you go to a bar, you go to a sports bar, you are going to see TV ads, whether you have a cable subscription or not, you're going to see it. And yeah, man, if I'm at a bar and I see an ad for Taco Bell nachos, I might not get Taco Bell nachos, but you bet I'm buying nachos at that bar because that's what you're seeing. These images have effect. It gets kind of excited. Like, hey, we're hanging out. We're having fun. We're having a few beers. And oh, 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 wings do look great. Hey, do they do they have wings here? Guys, let's check and see. They don't have wings here, but that's okay. I can just go to Uber Eats because I just saw an ad for Uber Eats letting me know that I can order something on Uber. So for us, that's been what's been kind of fun is that, I mean, these aren't different. I mean, there's the media space that someone operates in and there's all these different ways to message there. I feel like I'm kind of a broken record saying that media is all around us, but guys, it really is. And it's only gotten more so. So for us, there's plenty of ways to interact with the user tracking the users you're interacting with. That's the bigger challenge. But, um, you know, the, the only person who's not affected by any kind of messaging is someone who literally lives in a cave. And even if they live in a cave, they probably have a flashlight of some kind. So I just have additional questions on the cave dwellers. So for the cave dwellers <laughs> out there, I'm sorry, guys, the only way we're reaching you is through this awesome podcast. Yeah, if anybody's out there dwelling in the cave, if you could just drop us a comment below and let us know what you're consuming out there, we would greatly appreciate it. And how. Yeah. So many questions. Like, is it even legal for you not to have running water? I'm not sure. Let us know. <laughs>
Yeah, that's just one of the things I find super interesting. Like uh, we talked a little bit on the break about like, for instance, my mom, I'm going to mention her again. They have cable. And so she'll be like, have you, have you seen this commercial? And I'm just like, no, or I'll go home and visit and they'll have the TV on and I will laugh at a commercial that's been on the air for a year. And she's like, are you serious? And I'm like, I've never seen this before. So I don't know. It's just really interesting to me the way that like targeting works and I could talk about that forever like podcasting targeting was something we touched on on our other episode that it fascinates me to no end but i won't i won't go on it's interesting to see stuff happen too um like you look at some forms of digital media like you're consuming like i don't we've talked before in the break too that i have i don't have cable either um but you know watching things like netflix and hulu you see um sometimes it's obvious sometimes it's not but you see a lot more product placement too where people are just integrating this advertising the messaging branding whatever you want to call it um however the message is into the actual content and you see a lot about that caleb um you mentioned youtube too there's a lot of pre-rolls that run through that stuff um but there are a lot of people that bake that stuff right into the content um and and to the same vein as podcast advertising, you know, when people are tracking YouTubers and it's something they subscribe to, they already ascribe to what these people have to offer as value. Um, so they're a lot more likely uh, in a different headspace to to place more weight on whatever message they have. So it's just, there's so many, I mean, you're right, there are so many places um, where it can go. Uh, and, and yeah, there are people like my folks too that are in the broadcast space and they're consuming that and seeing all the stuff that that's on that. And they're seeing Steve's billboard out there on the road. They are, they are. Um, which I see those too. Um, if I uh, if I don't remember wrong, though, I think we have a little bit of a game coming up. Uh, so we'll have a few questions then uh, to wrap up here. We right? do. I have a game for both of you that I made up approximately two hours ago. It's not even really much of a... Anyway, I'm calling it Numbers Guy because you work with media, Caleb, and that is a lot of number crunching and all that logic you were talking about earlier. So basically, all I'm going to do... And nobody cheat by looking at the reflection in my glasses, as my great uncle used to. Um, I'm going to give you some stats without numbers attached, and I want you guys to guess the. they're all percentages. So, And these are from Social Media Today from a key digital marketing growth stats of 2019. Um, So they're all percentages, and whoever gets closest without going over gets the points for that question. Price is right rules. Price is right rules, yep. Yes. (laughs) That's how we do grocery shopping. So yeah, I'm I'm there with you. Oh, I love that. It's Um, fun. First one, how much do you think global online ad spend is projected to grow this year? Mm -hmm. In a percent. Okay, I was thinking in dollar figures. Mm -mm. Um, So this this very... um, uh, game with long long history um so i mean uh right you know right now if i if i say the if i say it first then i'm kind of at a disadvantage because joe mm, just needs to one percent we'll switch off i i mean i can start it out um i think i want to go with something like 18 percent, but that seems low in my brain though okay. but um yeah i don't know i'm, I'm gonna say 65 Mm-mm. You guys, it was 4.7. Global wow. ads, online Whoa. ads. But <laughs> really overestimating. <laughs> it was 4% in December 2018. They thought it was, um, that was what the forecast was. And it's actually probably going to go up 4.7%. Maybe that leads to what I think they should be doing. <laughs> That's true. I'm going to have to skip around because I just noticed that this list increases in order. Um, and I don't, I don't want you to know where we're going with this. Okay. So, okay. um, Neither of you got a point on that one. Also, <laughs> this is just tried, like yeah, uh, whose line the did. points are made up and they don't matter. Um, what do you think the average revenue per Snapchat user rose in percent 
in 2019 from 2018. Average revenue two two Snapchat. Yes, is that? I want. Ooh, okay. It's in the. I don't know. It's a percent. Okay. I'll tell you more after you guess how so, much their revenue per Snapchat user grew. All right. So Joe, since you answered first last time, I'll grab it this time. Um, I'm gonna go with seven uh, percent. I was okay. gonna say twelve. Okay, technically 12 wins because this time it was 39%. percent So it was $1.21 in 2018, and now it is $1.68 per user. That's incredible. Oh, man, I have so many follow-ups, but I'm not the venue. Um, That's all I have. I'll try and find you some more information. If people are looking for these stats, Anna, where can they find this stuff? We can have a link. It's uh, from Social Media Today. It's 2019 Key Digital Marketing Growth Stats infographic in brackets very cool um we'll skip around we'll do let's just do two more because i don't want to i don't want to take up too much time with this um so location-based marketing is set to grow what percent this year Hmm. location-based marketing set to grow Hmm. and it's already in the billions if that helps Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that might help you still um, okay i'm gonna go 15 percent on this one Hmm. How many were close so far? So uh, no I'm, pressure. Right, right, right. Um, okay, man, location based. You know what? Let's go. I'm gonna go twenty. Oh man, come on, guys! You both went over as fourteen. Fourteen. That was closer. Oh, you, was were closer really close. you were really close. You were really. I mean, as soon as yeah. you said fifteen, I was like, oh no. You know what? I'm okay giving that point to Joe. I mean, that's that's pretty dang close. That's fair. Again, the points are made up. Yep, yep. So one it point. One point. Um, okay, let's do our last one. So you guys may have noticed that Instagram can link you directly to um, products now. Mm, yeah. So mm-hmm. what do you think the social referral traffic to retail e-commerce sites has grown in the past two years? Two years. I I feel like that's high. But I will give you a hint. I don't want to influence no, your, no, no. I, your I, choice. I, I, I think you're right, too. I'm just thinking about that platform okay, you know as a what? whole. I'm not going to give you a hint. You guys seem like you're on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, then we'll guess like four, seven. <laughs> well, it's 68, so. Um, 85%. No, I'm kidding. Uh, man. Hmm. I'm going to say, oh, man, see so now it's yeah, no. a clue. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna say sixty. Sixty percent. I was I was gonna say forty five, but I think it's higher than both of those. It is higher than both of yours. One hundred ten percent. Yes. Okay. That's for Instagram. So it's is that the swipe up in the uh, stories? No, sometimes yes there is that, but if you follow enough brands on Instagram, now they will you can like you know how you can tap on the photo, get tags. Sure. It'll sure. just be like, Ooh, this thing is fourteen dollars and so then that's you can the direct that link. That's, and it takes you directly to there. They were testing, I and I don't know if they did it. They were testing you can just check out in Instagram, but I don't know if they did that yet. That's interesting. Man, that, oh, so that functionality is crazy. And we've been seeing that on more and more um, social and native platforms. Like, man, if you can make a purchase within the ad itself, oh, buddy, all oh, the things we can do. Yeah. <laughs> oh my this is just my favorite one. Um, do you guys know what TikTok is? Yes. I'm vaguely familiar with it. I'm, I'm not super familiar with what the platform offers. but Yeah, I feel like it's Vine, but like less good. But that's probably just because I like Vines and Vine compilations. <laughs> oh, that's but, what I thought too. It's a Vine, but less good. Okay. <laughs> they had 500% growth in in-app sales. Um this year so they have they had nine million dollars in revenue in in-app sales but 500 percent is crazy the teens like tiktok is they what love I, tiktok i mean i that think demo. that makes me sound really old when i'm only in my 20s but i'm i think the youths the youths they like tiktok <laughs> 
But you know what? The youths grow up. That's true. Well, they and do. I just they read do. a really, and I think it's on our Twitter if anybody wants to head out to at SA Better Way. Um, I put up an article that was something like, um, the Gen Z in houses is they're influencing buying decisions. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was something about like cleaning products. And it was, you know, these kids, I'm not going to generalize, but maybe aren't even helping. I wasn't very helpful. Again, sorry, parents, when I was a child for cleaning. So maybe not even using the products, but they're influencing their parents and older people Weird. on what to buy. So, well, and again, that, that goes back to, you know, huh. when you're talking about something like brand two and you're looking at like a Pepsi or a Coke or, um, some of the brands we ascribe to, you know, and when those decisions were made in our heads, like, and when in my head did I decide yeah. that I like Pepsi more than Coke? Um, I don't know that that's even true for me, but you, like, you get what I'm saying. Sure, um, sure. When in my head did I decide that I was an Apple person or I was a PC person or that um, I liked Android phones or that I wanted an iPhone um, or that I liked Adidas or I was wearing North Face or Columbia or whatever, uh, not sponsored by any of these brands, but um, there are a lot of polarizing things around brand and um you know these are the kinds of platforms that i think have maybe have a big opportunity to create those kinds of connections and people that are going to grow up and they're going to have spending power or influence parents and whoever are making those decisions mm-hmm. absolutely well um this has been fantastic uh, i'd love to sit and chat with you more i know anna would love to sit and chat with you more and she's got lots of exciting stuff to get going on this afternoon and i'm sure you do as well um i'm going to go back and start putting all this goodness together uh, guys if you've listened with us this far you have listened to another episode of ASAP with Caleb Bailey. Um, I hope you were thoroughly enjoying it. If you'd like to listen and find out more, you can visit strategicamerica.com slash ASAP. Um, please, if you haven't already, go ahead and drop us a review in iTunes or in Spotify. Um, and you can always find out more about our blog and all those other things at strategicamerica.com. And also, if you're interested in any of those stats that Anna had earlier in the show, those will be in the description of the podcast as well. Uh, thanks again, and we will see you next next week on ASAP. ASAP, a Strategic America podcast, is produced inside the walls of Strategic America, a marketing agency located in West Des Moines, Iowa. Visit strategicamerica.com ASAP for more.